Hi, and welcome to Integrative Cancer Solutions with Dr. Carl Felt. A cancer diagnosis is one of the hardest slap in the face imaginable. All of a sudden, you have to become an expert in cancer and its treatments because your life depends on it. Oncologists, family and friends are pushing you towards chemo, radiation, surgery, yet you feel there are additional solutions out there. You don't feel confident in that only traditional therapies will take care of it. You may, as I have, seen family or friends quickly go downhill from harsh medical treatments. There is a better way. I invite you to listen to stories from real people fighting cancer successfully through powerful, integrative, and holistic methods. Learn what they did. This is my gift to you to make the learning curve less steep after your diagnosis. The information this podcast could save your life as it has others. Well, Katrina Foe, I'm so excited to have you on this uh, episode of Integrative Cancer Solution with Dr. Carl Feld. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, it's my pleasure. So you've gone through quite a journey. You're, you're a practitioner yourself. You're a, a movement uh, expert. And, uh, and then also you've, you've dealt with cancer at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what what got me to go back to school and become a practitioner. The whole process was so uh, interesting and uh, amazing to see all the natural therapies that are super powerful and what they can do. So so tell me a little bit kind of your, your journey. How, how long when, when were you diagnosed? I mean, and, and how did you find out what, what was what was going on in your life at that time? Yeah, so I had just had my fifth baby. And I was nursing him and I had a mastitis and I didn't think much of it. You know, that happens. And I did my usual things to get it to go away. But when it was gone, there was still a golf ball size lump. So it it was a little disturbing. Honestly, I wasn't super concerned, Um, you know, nursing mom's boob shift. My mom popped out with this little tidbit that I did not know that my grandmother had had a double mastectomy. And kind of weird, like we didn't really know if she had cancer because she was very hush hush about it. But why else would you have a double mastectomy? So she was more concerned in pushing me to um, get that taken care of. Okay, and so when you when you went to the doctor, I mean, you you did a a, a mammography, I I would assume. Uh, What 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 did all what? (laughs) Okay, so I kind of went a little unconventional route. I knew I I'd already had some dealings with food as medicine, and I knew I wasn't really wanting to go standard of care, which that's totally fine. If other people want to, I have nothing against it. Um, I just wasn't the path I wanted to go. And so I did some different tests that are now off the market. Um, the, the red drop and the oncoblot to confirm that I did have cancer, which I've heard people argue, well, then you don't really know, but to me, there's a big golf ball size lump. But, you know, I can feel it kind of thing. Mm, yeah, it was it was there. I mean, so yeah. it's not like you can't. Yeah. So uh, tell me a little bit about those tests for people that don't know. Yeah, they're they're a very non-invasive blood test. And I, I really wanted to I believe they're uh, at least one of them, if not both of them are still available in Europe, but they're they're not used here in the States anymore. I, I didn't want to go with the mammography, or I'm sorry, the, the mammograms and the biopsies and stuff because I had heard that they could spread cancer and cause cancer. So to me, that just seemed counterintuitive. And I was bold enough to go outside the box and uh, forge my own way. 
And so, so you, it was then confirmed uh, that you did have cancer through those tests. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and how did you feel about that? I mean, what did you, did you feel, oh no, you know, uh, I mean, what was your reaction? Well, I'll be really honest with you. I, I have had, this is where it's going to go sideways. So sorry to sidespipe you. I have bipolar and I've been diagnosed with that since my teens and inpatient. I had been on meds. I had gone off meds and been off them for probably like over 15 years, but that was still a thing. And so when I got that diagnosis, I was like, Oh, this is my out. And I had a really hard struggle of like, do I want to fight this? And I decided that I did. I'm here. And I think that that was a beautiful moment for me because I feel like a lot of cancer clients, when I work with them, they, they're not sure about that. And, and they don't really know what they're fighting for. And I knew I had that moment right at the beginning of my journey, not later down the road of, do I want to fight this? How do I want to fight this? And it was like shoved in my face. So it, it was kind of a little bit of a, a, an odd way of looking at it. And I think that probably might may or may not resonate with other people. But for me, I needed to then figure out, okay, I've decided I'm going to fight it. I'm going to get better. How am I going to do that? How do I want to do this? And, and the actual, what, what you're going through. And, and I think it's, it's, it's not a, it's not uncommon that cancer becomes the reason that I mean, it, it's kind of like that a person is, is not enjoying or liking where they're at in life. And they're trying to figure out, you know, how how can I stop this? And obviously, cancer becomes an, a a legitimate way of just moving on. And uh, instead of changing their life, instead of making adjustments to create a life that that they feel full and purposeful and 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 loving, uh, they you know some I, I think some people just cannot choose this cancer as an easy way out. You know, so yeah. I, I don't think that you're, you're the only one in that. I mean, I sad to say, I think that's quite common. And I, and I've had patients coming and they, they really didn't want to get better. They wanted cancer to get the best of them. And, yeah. uh, and so, so you have to honor that. And I mean, obviously family members want to fight and say, no, don't leave. Don't, you know, I got to do this, got to do that. And, and they kind of put, put forth a great show and, but they still want to move on. Yeah, it's a thing. It's and there's a, a huge mental component to cancer that that really isn't talked about enough in conventional medicine. That if they if you don't have that, I want to, I'm going to live that fight. It a lot of times it's not going to work very well. What what made you decide that you wanted to live? Hmm, my kids. Now you're going to make me cry. No, no I, I wanted to be there. I wanted to teach them how to ski. I wanted to see them have babies, you know, all that good stuff. That, that was it. So I decided that I was going to do it natural. And because that was kind of the path I'd already been on with some other healing stuff. And I, everything I was reading at that point was you got to go raw vegan. You got to do Gearson, you know, all this kind of stuff. So I hopped on a plane and went down to Mexico and um, was asking a lot of questions because it was going against a lot of what I had learned and it was, it, it wasn't resonating. And I, about third, third day, the uh, director of the facility took me aside and said, okay, Katrina, you just have to trust the process and stop asking questions. 
And I said, excuse me? Sounds like a religion. <laughs> right. Well, and the thing was, they didn't have any answers to my questions. I'm asking like the details of, okay, why are you giving me this? Why aren't, did we test for this? And you're giving me this, you know, it doesn't, it didn't make sense. And I'm like, I'm sorry, this is my life. I've decided I'm going to live it. If you don't have answers, I'm going to find something else. So I flew back home. I was kicked out of the cancer center and I met with Dr. Veronique de Saulnier, who uh, was my practitioner. And so we started running a whole bunch of functional labs, which I, I love her. She's awesome. Isn't she? She's amazing. She, she's a great tennis player, too. <laughs> she has a mean, mean forehand. <laughs> right? That's, that's so weird. See, I actually have never physically been in the same room with her, which is kind of cool. So like this whole telemedicine, functional medicine, like this was a brand new world to me. And I was super excited about it. And we got a whole plan together to work on this. And long story short, the tumor uh, disintegrated and was expelled by my body naturally. And, you know, she introduced me to the ketogenic diet. And I remember at first I was like, Dr. V, like, that's dangerous. You're cutting out a whole food group. That can't be good. And she's like, Katrina, just try it. So I tried it. And um, about three, four months in, I kind of started noticing that I was feeling really good. And I'm like, what's going on? I didn't really want to say anything. And then my daughter pointed out, my, my husband was doing like a devotional about being joyful in all things. She's like, like mom. And I, I'm like, when I'm sorry, let me back. she, he gave the example of a friend that had lost their house and they're still seeing joy and good things out. And she goes like mom. And he's like, well, what do you mean, honey? And she goes, well, if she hadn't had cancer, she wouldn't have tried keto. And now she's happy. And I realized I hadn't made the connection there, but what was happening neurologically to me was exactly what my brain needed. So coming around full circle, like the cancer was actually what my body needed to help me to feel better, which was not what I was expecting at all. I mean, and, and for people dealing with, you know, like bipolar, depression, anxiety, you know, all these kind of neurological brain, you know, those are inflammatory conditions mm -hmm. and a ketogenic will help to soothe and calm that inflammation, those good quality fats uh you know huge and then the ketones you know fantastic for the brain so absolutely yeah, yeah so that that's incredible so tell me a little bit you know so you did the ketogenic tell, tell me a little bit more of what dr v what what she was uh, guiding you uh, to do in terms of the ketogenic diet in in terms of uh kind of supplements uh emotional uh uh, exercise, lifestyle, you know, what, what did it all look like? Yeah. So for me, so she also had me reading Dr. Nisha Winter's book, who now I'm, I'm certified under, but we were looking, you know, looking back, what she was doing is going through, like, what are all the areas that Katrina's body is screwed up that has allowed the body to, you know, the body's allowing the cancer to get out of control. So for me, it was definitely the blood sugar. I was totally insulin resistant and did not feel any symptoms Thought I was great. I was eating super, super clean. We had been doing a, a GAPS diet for several years and I still maintain the insulin resistance with it. So it was not enough for me, the hormones after the baby, just somehow had not really settled down the way they usually would have. So that was a big one. I was, I was estrogen dominant. 
My thyroid was in the toilet, which I have now come to know that my whole family has a nice hypothyroid. No Hashimoto's, just a nice boring vanilla hypothyroid. My vitamin D was crazy low and nothing I could do to get it up. It took me five different supplements to try to figure out which one would move the dial for me. There were, there were a lot of things like that, but the, the big driver looking back and, you know, knowing what I know now and, and digging in about a month after my son's birth, the one that I was nursing, we moved into a new house, super cute property. And eight months after that, I developed cancer. Well, what was wrong with that house? It had black mold. And we found the mold and ah, it makes me just ah, to know now that we just pulled it out ourselves. We had no idea what was going on and how bad and how carcinogenic that is. And my husband was fine <laughs> looking at his genetics. He's got great detox pathways. Uh, me, not so much. <laughs> So that was, in my opinion, the, you know, the match that lit the fire, uh, some already smoldering stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, that, that's huge. So you found the mold prior to the diagnosis or when? Yeah, prior to uh, the lump and uh, we got it out. But again, it wasn't out of me. Was it even fully out of the house at that point? You know. No, yeah, those mycotoxins, they, they spew a little bit all over the place. Yes, they're so wicked awful. <laughs> <laughs> they are. So how how did you um, how did you dress a mold? I'm I'm curious. What what was your protocol for that? Yeah. So um, I got an infrared sauna, and I had a whole series of different um, you know eradication of the yeast and different binders and phosphatidylcholine and different things like that. And I was doing you know the saunas every day, um, along with coffee enemas. This, the funny thing about the sauna is I've, I've never been a sweater. Like I was a dance major. I never sweat, which was very convenient, but I've learned now that that's really not good. So the sauna has helped me to really get those fires going so I could get that elimination pathway through the skin out, which is really helpful. Yeah, that that's huge. That's, that's so huge. Uh, so how, when, when you're saying then that the lump gonna get expelled, I mean, what, what is that? Did you just feel it decreasing or did you see something? I mean, cause I, I know with some people with uh, patients of mine, they have like colon cancer and all of a sudden they, you know, that they just see the cancer come out. Or I've talked to another gentleman with a uh, bladder cancer and he actually peed out his bladder cancer, you know, <laughs> so it's this kind of like thick, you know, slimy thing that came out and then they did imaging after and the cancer was gone. So that's a pretty cool story. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't have anything as cool as that. <laughs> I actually had a friend that had breast cancer at the same time. And <laughs> she was telling me, oh, yeah, I can feel the lump getting smaller. And I was doing this mental game like, I can't feel my lump getting smaller. Like, how in the world is she telling that? I can't I can't feel that. My fingers are not that sensitive. So I decided it was it was doing too much of a head game. I was not going to touch it or feel it or check on it at all. And so I did that for about four or five months and then checked on it again. And it was almost gone. I'm like, oh, I can feel that difference. So um, it was over the course of, you know, doing the detox work and, you know, going through all that, that that happened. But I didn't see anything cool coming out. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool just for it, it disappearing. I mean, that that's pretty awesome. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I'm kind of glad in hindsight because it was a very dramatic, like it is there. Oh, it is gone, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, uh, and I know also you do a lot of you know, uh, Pilates. I mean, you're, you're a Pilates trainer, you train yes. trainers. Yeah. You know, you've been doing yeah. this since, uh, since 01 or something like that. I mean, for a long yeah, time. Yeah. I actually started my training in 98. So yeah. this is what I did prior and we had, a, we have, a, we still have a Pilates studio down in Scottsdale, Arizona that we run. And I do a lot remotely with that, but that's, that's our income and stuff while, when I got the cancer. So tell me, cause movement obviously is, is, is huge, you know, with when you're dealing with cancer. I mean, I, I uh, chatted with uh, Catherine Schmidt. She wrote the book on movement oncology and, and, you know, exercise and oncology and, and that, it's such a crucial part. I mean, so tell me a little bit about Pilates and, and how, how that would fit, you know, and, and how important that is for, for people that may be dealing with cancer. Yeah, yeah. So for me, um, a lot of it just had to do with keeping my body and my circulation going um, with lymph. I'll be honest, I was not doing a huge amount and I wasn't doing aggressive things. I was very adrenally shot. And so I, I didn't, I needed to, to take some time and rest. So it wasn't aggressive workouts like I had done in the past. At the studio, we deal with a lot of post-cancer clients, but it's usually in the terms of like reconstructive, you know, they've had some surgery and they need to do some post-rehab kind of work, which I didn't do any surgery, so I didn't have those limitations and fascial adhesions and all that kind of stuff. Um, for me, I had, um, and again, I didn't stage it, but I had a, a very large lump that developed in my uh, armpit towards the beginning of everything and uh, used some plantain sev and it actually like pulled it all out. It was like, like liquid oozing out of my armpit. It was very weird. But again, to keep that lymph flowing, you know, I, that's what I wanted. So I use the Pilates in a mild fashion in that way. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a key is that if you're dealing with adrenal fatigue, then obviously you don't want to push your body. And then mm -hmm. if you have the, the insulin you know, resistance that you're dealing with, then the adrenals play a huge role in that. So then you, you want to be gentle, but obviously that movement to move the lymphatic for detoxification, it's, it's such a key. Yeah. And it was, it was more for like an enjoyment. Like I just need to kind of feel like a human and not just be consumed with, you know, detox protocols and things like that. No, no. Great. And so then you, I mean, after this experience, obviously you're, you're highly excited about the results. And, and I mean, when you're doing something that can be helpful, you know, to other people, then that's something you want to do. So you, 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 yes. <laughs> well, and, and with Pilates, we do mostly post rehab. So it was very therapeutic helping people. You know, I went back to school completely selfishly because I wanted to understand what had happened. Remember, I'm, I'm the question asker. So I uh, then in the course of the training, you know, we're supposed to work on practice clients. I'm like, this is amazing. And people need to know this is what's going on. Um, so it, it just kind of spun. And for a long time, I was like, no, but I don't want to deal with cancer. You know, that's too intense. And and then I realized it doesn't really matter because that's all that I get. <laughs> So I've embraced that and I'm super excited to work with cancer clients. Um, it just, 
I'm not a licensed doctor. So, you know, there's a whole bunch of rigmarole and, and, uh, funkiness there, but it's a, it's a pleasure and a, a gift to get to work with these clients. And, and so uh, tell us about the ketogenic. I mean, why, why is that helpful when you're dealing with cancer? Uh, I mean, you have people that go to, you know, listen to like Chris work, you know, and obviously Gerson where it's all plant-based and uh, they say that, you know, such and such in eggs, you know, causing cancer, such and such in animal causing uh, cancer causing. Uh, so uh, what answers have you gotten to uh, in regards to those type of questions and why ketogenic and how is that beneficial? Yeah, absolutely. And the big thing that um, I've learned is that you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. So with the meat thing, the meat is more bio-individual, meaning when the sun comes down and, you know, makes the grass, then the the, uh, the animals eat the grass and they process it and create all those vitamins and make it much easier for our body. You know, you know this, but they're like, you know, they get very into the carrots, for example, it's got vitamin A. Well, no, it doesn't actually have vitamin A, it has beta carotene, which like 30% of the population can't even switch to vitamin A. You know, so if you eat the animals that have already done that switching for you, you're just making it easier on your body. But I would totally agree with the vegetarians and vegans that most of the meat that we're eating nowadays is garbage with all the pesticides and herbicides and antibiotics and hormones and everything that they put into these animals and the way they're raising them is, is terrible. And this is why we actually have our own cows and our own chickens and raise our own meat, because I think that's one of the most important things. I want animals that are living happy lives that are pristine. And, you know, as Joel Salatinol says, you know, the animals on his farm only have one bad day. So that's, that's what I, I feel like the meat is very, very important. It just makes it one less thing for our body to do. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. And, yeah. And, and then also you have, um, yeah, the kind of that, that pH part, you know, acidic versus alkaline, you know, and they, you know, meat is obviously is very acidic and all the vegetables and everything very alkaline. So what, I mean, what, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, so so it's an interesting thing, but every part of our body has different pHs that it should be. And so like our stomach, well, our, our parietal cells are going to dump all that stomach acid in there to help digest, kill any parasites, you know, all that good stuff. Um, and it's going to be that first domino, but it should be low, like one to three, which is really low. And then it has this whole alkalizing squirt in the small intestine that changes it again. And it gets very confusing. You know, there's there's totally different pHs in the bladder versus, you know, all these areas. And with cancer, by changing the metabolism of the actual cell, by shifting, um, you know, to anaerobic, um, it's it's going to create a lot of acid. And so there's this acid kind of ball around the cancers. And it's kind of like a chicken and the egg. Did the acid cause the cancer? The cancer caused the acid. And I would go with... From what I've seen, the cancer is causing the acid. So reducing the acid isn't fixing the problem. Um, and especially by what you eat, I have clients that are drinking like all this bacon, baking soda. And I'm like, oh, no, no, we need that acid in the stomach so that you can get all the nutrients and the building blocks for what you need to eat. 
That's like the worst thing you could do. I mean, maybe on an empty stomach, but that's not getting to the cancer. You know, it's, it's different areas of the body that are all segmented out and need different things. Yeah, and 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 that's the thing is that the cancer in itself, yeah, it is it is alkaline, yeah, in its own, but then it secretes lactic acid around itself, you know, which obviously is acidic, and yep. that lactic acid is then to uh, create a, a microenvironment that is conducive for its own survival and, and to trigger metastases and convert you know, healthy cells into cancer cells. So it, it's more kind of a signaling molecule right around, but the cancer in itself doesn't want to be acidic. It, it wants to be alkaline. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and it has plenty of antioxidants within itself to protect itself. So it, it's, yeah, so, well, uh, how, so you, you, you helped a lot of patients and, or you helped a lot of people. I mean, what, what do you see with people going through this process? I mean, what, what, what are some of the, uh, the clients that you've had and, and what, what are some of the responses that you're seeing uh, with, with your work? Yeah, yeah, great responses. The the biggest thing is whether people can step outside, you know, what is being told that they have to do in order to really fully step into what allowed this to happen. Like what what is this? And if they can get over that again that mental issue and start doing the work and it's not easy. It's hard, you know, dealing with mold or parasites or, you know, shifting to a ketogenic diet and stuff, those are all really steep learning curves. But if they can, it shifts everything. And they end up feeling amazing. And, you know, I'm looking at their counterparts, you know, doing chemo, and they're losing their hair, and they feel like crap, and they're throwing up. And my clients are like, I haven't felt this good since, well, never, you know, and it's, it's kind of fun. But um, to be like, yeah, you don't have to be feeling crappy to get well. And, and I know Dr. V does a lot of uh, RGCC testing. Yeah, is, is that something that you incorporate as well? Or is that something that was done for you? Uh, yeah, that's a great them? question. So I did do the RGCC and I used it with clients for a long time. I've moved away from it now just because there's not as much. Well, there's I've got better tools and there's better tests that are more reliable and stuff out there. But it it did a great job for me. So I have nothing bad to say about it. Great, great. Any Anything else that you feel is really important? I mean, you have, you have people out there that, that are struggling with cancer, just diagnosed. I mean, anything else that you feel is really important for them to know? Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like it's absolutely essential. I, I would like all of America, all the world to know that, you know, it. you need to do extra work to make sure that you address the root cause of the cancer because it's specific to each person and the standard of care doesn't address that. They're just focused on the tumor and let's make the tumor go away. It has nothing to do with why the tumor was allowed to be there. You know, so doing the functional work, whether it's during the active cancering or after, that's that's really, really important. Yeah, I love it. So Katrina, I'm, I'm excited also. I, I hear that you are, uh, there's a new book coming out as well. Tell me. Yes. What you said. Yeah, my book, Nutritional Pilates, it's talking about relieving joint pain, losing unwanted weight and preventing chronic disease. So I'm taking the, the functional nutrition and the Pilates 
together to give people a framework for health, both for prevention, you know, as well as, you know, working on putting things into remission and getting things healthier. So I would assume, yeah, somebody, you know, battling cancer. I mean, obviously this is for, for anyone, but I mean, the, the people listening to, uh, to these podcasts, you know, someone dealing with cancer, I mean, here they get, you know, best of both worlds, so to say, they get, they get the nutrition aspect in regards to, you know, the functional medicine, nutrition, ketogenic, you know, that, that Mm -hmm. you have learned, you know, that allows the body to be metabolically flexible, so to say. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and then bringing then movement, marrying that with, with the appropriate movement that then supports the immune system, supports detoxification and all these type of things. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the theme of the book is kind of inflammation. So how, you know, muscle balancing can help get rid of or reduce inflammation and the diet and then all the toxins and the hormones and other things to get the whole picture of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Because yeah, I mean, the cancer cannot exist without inflammation, meaning inflammation is always there before cancer. Yeah, exactly. And those are the markers that we're watching, you know, when we're you know, keep making sure that cancer is staying in its box and it's not, you know, going sideways. Um, they're all inflammation markers, mm-hmm. but people, you know, inflammation isn't sexy. And this is a hard thing for people to understand. So I'm trying to tie it to other things that maybe people care about, like joint pain and weight loss and stuff. But at the end of the day, there's nothing more important than inflammation. Mm -hmm. And and also your detoxification. I mean, we're talking about, you know, cancer. And this is kind of how you cancer is that it becomes something that the body where it concentrates everything it doesn't want. And it creates just a little a lump where all these toxins and debris and things that the body can't handle. So uh, by starting to detoxify and move, you know, create the rest of environment clean and healthy, then all of a sudden the body feels safe to start to kind of chip away at the cancer and release the toxins that are inside of there because the rest of the body can handle it. That is brilliantly said. Exactly. Yeah. And so how, how can people find you? I mean, where, 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 you know, if they want to connect with you, where, where should they go? Yeah. So I have a couple of different websites and things, but if you go to nutritionalpilates.com, you can actually, I'll give your listeners, they can get a free hard copy of the book. Yeah, I know. So fun. I always love more books. <laughs> um, it's also got information about our teacher training there. It's got information about um, working with us. And I have a super fun retreat coming up in April, um, and we do them them quite often. But where we're gonna you know, really explore all of these functional tests for those that have cancer or had in a fun way. So you know, there's no reason why you can't have some keto mocktails by the pool while you learn about epigenetics and have a non toxic pedicure. That's I my. Love, I love it. I mean, that's that's cool feeling. Yeah, get feeling sexy with the nail polish and yeah, enjoying the sun and getting good delicious drinks. That, yeah, it's that's all healthy for you. It's all about integration. So, you know, the, that's the hard part for clients is to really understand how to implement everything that you learn from you know your practitioner into your daily life. So we're gonna actually live it out so you get to see and feel and touch and 
see it in your own life and and get that just one step closer and make it a lot a lot more fun instead of so hard. And and they will they'll find that information about that retreat on nutritionalpilates.com as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then if they want to follow me, I'm on Facebook backslash nutritional Pilates or on Instagram, just at Katrina Foe, my name. So lots of different places to connect. Cool. Love it. Well, Katrina, thank you so much for everything you're doing, for all the great work and, and for being inspiration for so many people out there. And how, how many children do you have? I have seven now. Have seven. So I had some more kids amongst the whole cancering and after. And, and, yeah. and, and you still have hair. You haven't. I've never it lost it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once I got my thyroid uh, tuned in, I actually got more of it. Oh, look at that. Yeah, beautiful. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate thank it. You. And thank you for all the work you do. I really appreciate it. Thanks. The information this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not designed to diagnose or treat any disease. If you'd like to know more about what my center offers, please visit thecarlfeldcenter.com. Please join us next week for another live consultation with a patient diagnosed with cancer on integrative cancer solutions with Dr. Carl Feld.